Hey everybody, my name is Jonathan. And I'm Justice. And we're taking a break to talk about family, culture, and what we believe God is doing in the world. This is Intermission with the Mendoz. Welcome back, everybody. We're so excited about this week. We're going to continue the conversation that we had last week. Justice, do you remember who we had on last week? Uncle Philly. That's right. We had your Uncle Philly on, Phil Valdez, who released his new book called The Power of Thank You. And so this week, we're going to continue the conversation talking about gratitude and joy and grief. And so let's dive right in. just wanted to say a big huge welcome to my brother Phil who's back with us um this for this episode we are, have been if you didn't listen to last week's episode please take some time and go back and listen to part one of the power of thank you um so much so much power in gratitude and my brother in his first book just breaks it down so beautifully, so clearly. And um, so we're, we've just been talking just a little bit about what's what's inside the book, and we hope that it inspires you, but more than that, motivates you to change maybe some thinking, um, some, some heart postures and some mentalities. Um, I know it did for me when I read it. And so in this episode, we just kind of want to dive into um, a few more principles that that just need to be talked about. And um, the first one is joy. Um, the book is called The Power of Thank You. Um, you can find the book and a bunch of awesome merch on powerofthankyoubook.com. Um, the book is called The Power of Thank You. And the, the subtitle, is that what you call it? Subtitle? The Key to Finding Joy Again. And I know that... Um, I mean, there are many favorite things about this book, but one of um, the most beautiful things about this book is how you, like, Phil, you weave in, um, you talk about gratitude and grace, and then you bring in um, joy and how it's so, so easy to attain when you live by, when you receive grace, acknowledge grace, therefore you're living in gratitude and then joy comes. And so um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on that. Yeah. Well, Kate, uh, thanks for having me back and congratulations to you and John on this incredible podcast. And, uh, I listen to it and I love uh, the podcast and I would encourage everybody to, to share it. And I believe we need joy today. Um, you know, as a Christian doesn't mean that we won't experience tough times, troubles, trials, the Bible says, um, but uh, I've experienced them. But the things that I share in this book have really helped me, especially in the last uh, three years. And just to kind of review, um, there is a divine connection between God's grace, gratitude, and joy. And many people don't see that. I, I didn't ever. I never saw it. And shopping this book around to some different publishers as I shared, you have to make your pitch. You know, 
Uh, I had a woman that was, you know, 30 years. She said, I've been going to church 30 years. And she says, I've never understood. I never heard that before. Mm -hmm. And it really blessed me because like, wow, okay, well, this is great. Um, But in the Greek, the word charis means uh, undeserved, unearned, unmerited favor. It means gratification, actually means uh, giving of thanks. That's what grace actually means. It means a benefit, a kindness. The New Testament was written in Greek. So when you read that word grace, you know, it, it just encompasses so many words. So grace um, is charis. But then when you look at the word thanksgiving, it is eucharisto in the Greek language. So grace is actually the root word of the word um, Thanksgiving. And we use those words interchangeably during, you know, Thanksgiving, somebody, or we're going to have a meal. Somebody say, who's going to say grace or who's going to say, who's going to give thanks. And we use them interchangeably because they are divinely put together. You know, Paul says that grace causes Thanksgiving. It's the cause, it's the result. But what I found really interesting too, is the word kara is joy. So it's charis is grace. Eucharisto is Thanksgiving. Kara is joy. But just like uh, Thanksgiving is the result of grace, one of the things that we say in the book is what does grace feel like? Absolute joy. Mm -hmm. Because really the way God looks at it, and when you are walking in God's grace, joy is an automatic response to that. And we need joy today. And then joy is so powerful. Joy is the outward expression of the inward life of God's spirit in you. That would be a direct quote from the power of thank you. Well, yeah, you know, the Bible talks about the fruits of the spirit. And um, again, I love to just look at these Greek words, but the word fruit does mean fruit like you would see an outward expression of the seed that's buried underground. But the word fruit in the Greek actually means result or effect. You know, so when you look at and you read that, you know, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. You could actually read it like this. The effect of the Holy Spirit on our life is love and joy. And I what I find fascinating is that God chooses to define his presence by love, by joy. And joy is a huge Huge thing that we, you know, most Christians are not joyful people. You know, sad. they're more, yeah. it, it's so sad because, I mean, just look, you can open up Facebook and uh, it. I would say the world would characterize us more as judgmental people than, uh, you know, joyful people. And But joy has, uh, it, there's such a power to it. It's more than just feelings of gladness. And it is, you know, the word uh, kara means rejoice. It means absolute gladness. Yeah. And if I were to say, are you a joyful person? And if I were to ask your friends, do you think that that you're a joyful person? You know, that would that would kind of characterize it right there. But most people, I would say Christians are not joyful people and yet we have joy. So yeah. in in 25 years of, you know, counseling people, I I can't tell you how many Christians are still in search of joy. And yet the Bible says that you have it. Here's wow. here's where I feel like the disconnection is, is many people don't know how to access it. They don't know what joy is. Uh-huh. Man, that's good. And the number one pursuit in this world is joy, happiness, to attain yeah. happiness. Um, and yeah, I, I so good, man. Christians, we should we should be leading in that. We should be 
we should be marked and known by the joy that we carry. If 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 somebody hears that we're a believer, they should we sh- our reputation should be that of joy. And man, when I'm around that person, I get happier. Um, I I feel different. I you know that's my goal. Um, in talking to people and being with people, and a lot of it, I mean at the stores and stuff like that, a lot of it is just a simple, thank you. Thanks for, thanks for getting that door. Thanks for ringing me up. Thank you for answering my question. You know, a lot of it is, um, Jonathan's really good at that. He'll look at, you know, when we're leaving Costco or whatever, he'll read their name tag and thanks Betty. I really appreciate yesterday. We were at the zoo and, um, this family comes walking up. This guy had a triple stroller. He had a few kids like walking around the stroller we were trying to get through and he looked at the guy and he was like, Hey man, I just wanted to tell you, you're doing a great job. Keep, keep it up. I mean, the guy didn't even acknowledge him, but it wasn't about, I mean, it, it, it really, people need to stop worrying about what other people's responses are. And just, we need to be who we are and who God created us to be and use the power that's on the inside of us. Well, you're, you're never going to be a joyful person if you don't see God as joyful. Yeah. And most people don't. And that that's how, oh. how you see God is so important. Yep. Um, and so God is joyful. He, he says in his presence is fullness of joy. Mm-hmm. And so, but if, if you don't see God as joyful, then how can God give you something that, that God himself doesn't have? Mm. And so that's, that is a characteristic of his spirit inside of us. It does not say the fruit of the spirit is hate judgmentalness. No, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy that comes from grace. And so the way we access that joy is through Eucharisto, through Thanksgiving. Wow. That's why whenever you you count start counting your blessings, you know, maybe that's kind of a cliche counting your blessings, but I did a whole chapter on that because what happens is if you stop and whenever you stop and you pinpoint what you're thankful for, really what you're doing is gratitude acknowledges the grace of God. It, it traces God's grace. So whenever you stop, you go, I'm thankful for that. You're acknowledging God's grace that always results in joy. That's why, you know, you feel better when you start counting your blessings because there's something divine connected, Yeah, you know, divinely connected. But I would say just to piggyback on what you were talking about before, Kate, that uh, it is whether you would acknowledge it or not. You know, the book is it's got some funny stories, personal stories uh, of mine. It's got some, you know, in-depth scripture studies, but also has some, you know, scientific studies that yeah. and uh, just research. But, you know, everybody is looking for happiness. Uh, according to Psychology Today, they did a study that says researchers found that people all over the world rate happiness more important than any other desirable personal outcomes, such as obtaining wealth, according, uh, acquiring material goods, and even getting to heaven. And so the truth is, is when we talk about happiness, now I'm going to say this, you know, growing up in the church, I hear preachers preaching against happiness, you know, and, uh, and there, <laughs> I heard somebody say, God doesn't want you, um, happy. He wants you holy. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so here's the reality that paints God as this, pic- this picture of God, that God is not happy. God is actually happy because he's holy. Mm. And so yeah. I believe in what I see sometimes in the church of what we do 
is we take on the, the world's definition of happiness, which of course, anything outside or detached from God is going to end up hurting us. Mm -hmm. And so we are supposed to be happy. But even with, when you start talking about sex, I feel like the church, uh, you know, the world has painted this picture of sex that it's dirty and, you know, it's, it's just, it's nasty. Secret, and so, hidden. right. Yeah. And so there's this guilt and shame that's attached to it, but that's not the way God created it for us. So we don't talk about those things because again, we have taken on the world's definition Man. and even yeah. with happiness, I'm going to tell you right now, God wants his people happy because uh -huh. God himself is happy. Yeah. Yes. And, and actually, when you look in the Hebrew word of the word blessed, the word is happy. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying in the book is joy is happiness from heaven. That's and good. so we are, I heard somebody say joy is not a feeling. Okay, well, if it's not a feeling, then what the heck is it, right? <laughs> because it's, it's almost like saying love is not a feeling. Well, you do feel love. And I want to tell you, God made us with emotions. He made us with feelings, but those feelings are supposed to be a gauge, not a guide for our lives, right? And so he wants us to experience him, but we're not supposed to be led by our feelings. But when you experience joy, you're going to feel it. Yeah. When you experience love, now it is an intentional, strategic decision that we've got to make to be grateful. But, uh, you know, Jeannie Mayo, somebody who helped mentor me, always says the right decisions lead to the right emotions. Wow. But we. Good. We, we do want to experience joy. We, um, you know, and so I don't want to define my life by happiness, you know, based on what I feel or what's happening. But I do want to define my life by the character of Jesus that is joy. So happiness can be fleeting and they are great feelings. But if we will focus on the joy, the rejoicing, the uh, the grace of God, yeah. then we can always have joy. And I, I want to encourage you, you do have joy. Yeah. You just right. need to access it. Yep. That's good. Um, so as far as joy goes, I, I, I would love for you to cover this um, and then we can move on. But when I read this in the book, you even talked to me about it a little bit too, but this is huge because as you know, nothing bothers me more than when, I see believers fall victim to their circumstances, to their trials. And, and then you hear people say, well, God said we're going to go through stuff. And you're just like, what? <laughs> so then they stop and they park in that place and stay there staring face to face at their trials. I don't like that. Um, and then they bring scripture, but you bring so much clarity to this scripture, James one, two through four. I don't have the entire scripture. Yeah. Well, uh, in the book, you know, when you talk about joy, it's so multidimensional, you know, um, my wife said, Phil, I think you just need to write a whole book about it because in truth you could fill up a whole book yeah. just because people don't understand it. Yeah. You know, and then we're hearing things like, you know, God doesn't want you happy. He wants you holy. And so, you know, this uh, picture of what holiness is, yeah. you know, begrudging, judgmental. Um, but so I, I, I did three chapters, the secret of happiness. Um, and then we did one called the strength factor. 
because Nehemiah says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. So joy produces strength. And that's another way you can really tell how joyful you are is if I were to ask you, you know, rate your strength right now. Your strength is about a five. Then your joy is about a five because joy produces strength. And then uh, we did counting your blessings, which I talked a little bit about accessing joy through gratitude. But uh, to your point, Katie, you're talking about James chapter one, verse two. And um, again, I just love to look up these Greek words, but James chapter one, verse two says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect word that work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And I've heard the scripture talked about how we're supposed to be so joyful that when we're, you know, we're going through trials, just be joyful. But I felt by the Holy Spirit to look up this word in the Greek, which the New Testament was written in, the word count, um, because I was like, what does that mean? Count one, two, three, do you, you count? But actually that word count means this, to take the lead, to go before, to take command, to take authority, a governor, like a, an official authority, to rule over, leading as respects to influence. So according to their original language, it's supposed to be read this way, James chapter one, verse two, let joy take the lead, go before, take command, rule over, lead and influence when you fall into trials and your faith is tested. So I can be triumphant in trials, but here's the key. I've got to let joy lead. And so it's not, yay, I have a trial. It's when my faith, because in that scripture, in those those three scriptures, you actually see three fruits of the spirit. And when one is under attack, when your faith is under attack, you have patience that is a support. But what's cool is that God says, look, I want you to let that joy lead because it's strength. And this is actually, you know, if you don't, if you're like, well, I need more scripture than that. Well, I believe this is actually how Jesus overcame on the cross Hebrews 12, two, he says, looking, it says, looking unto Jesus. So I'm, I'm supposed to look at Jesus. The message says, study how he did it. The author and the finisher of our faith, who the joy that was set before him endure the cross. So on the cross, Jesus let joy lead, mm-hmm. right? Because the cross was so painful. So when Jesus let joy lead, he endured the cross. When you have joy, you can endure any trial. Uh, and again, God gave you joy. You have it. But part of the way we access that is through Thanksgiving. And what I think is so powerful is that in you, in me and you, Kate, in you, you have the same joy that Jesus did on the cross. Wow. And if Amen. Jesus can endure the cross and he used joy as his example, then I want to encourage us. I'm not thankful. You know, I hear people like, let's just thank God for all the trials. And no, let's thank God that we have joy in the midst. We have grace, yeah. right? That his grace is sufficient for us in any trial that we have. And so that's what we kind of outlined in the chapter. The strength factor is that joy is the strength. Nehemiah said, uh, you know, Nehemiah 8.10, joy of the Lord is our strength. Uh, you know, the raw, Nehemiah built the walls or rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem that were in ruin and they had been in ruin for probably over a hundred years, but he did the same thing. Nehemiah in rebuilding the walls, he let joy lead and what had been lying ruins for over a hundred years, 
Nehemiah built back in 52 days. And so as we're coming out of Corona virus, a lot of people right now are rebuilding their lives. Yeah. And here's what I want to say. You know, your life may, it may seem like it's in ruins, but you got to let joy lead mm. because God can restore and he can do more in these next few days than, you know, that has been lost in your life. And, but we've got to let joy lead. <laughs> That was so good. I don't even know what to say after that. That was, man. Yes, and amen. I encourage you to um, pick up, pick up. I mean, I'm not just trying to sell my brother's book. Like, that is life-changing. That's life-changing because so many people talk about that scripture and trials and trials and all the trials of life. And then, but then when you look at it from that perspective, it just, it literally changes your life and your perspective. And so, um, yes, amen. I, I will forever, I appreciate that revelation because now I can go into any situation with that. Let joy lead, let joy lead, take, take command, um, take charge. And so that was, that was beautiful. One more thing we want to cover. I want to cover and cause this is personal to both of us. And, um, is your chapter on grief in, it's grief in gratitude, grief in, wait, gratitude in grief is what the chapter is called. And um, I think, and it also goes along with the trial part of, you know, when hard stuff happens, what is our heart response going to be? And um, I feel like that really shifted for me and um, when you, Phil, told me this, and and um, I think it, it could have been right in the midst. We lost our father last year to cancer quickly. It was a six-week process, and Phil covers some of that story in the, in the book, and um, crazy, and um, so much to be said in that. And there was um, some baggage there in, in the relationship with our father between us and all of the just stuff. Um, and I remember one conversation, we had many um, three-way calls with me and our other brother and Phil just talking and figuring, making decisions and figuring so much out. And there was one conversation where I was just so hurt. I mean, there was probably a few of those, but I was just so hurt. I was complaining. I was saying all of these real things, like real issues. But Phil told me at one point, he's like, Katie, he's like, you just have to look at the positive, the thing, find the things you can be thankful for in this relationship, find the things you can be thankful for. And that just stuck with me. And it will continue to stick because what, because I was getting so worked up. Yeah, this was after he had passed because I was getting so worked up in my grief and having, you know, regrets and dealing with anger and all of these things. And then Phil just comes out with this simple, you know, you have to think about things you can be thankful for. And that was just so, it was good. And it helped me. It helped me get out of the funk that I was in, in that moment. So I'd love to hear. Yeah. Well, the uh, gratitude and grief uh, chapter and what I wanted to do and what I like to do is, you know, I want to make sure that 
especially in this book and even in my own personal life when we're talking about these kind of things and it's not just me. Um, so I actually reached out to a, a prominent uh, grief specialist and he actually comments in this chapter, which is, is absolutely phenomenal, the stuff that, that he put in there. So we have actually two doctors who have endorsed the book. And then we have a psychotherapist, uh, Amy Van Slamsbrook, who we, we talked about, did an interview about gratitude and grief, uh, how that works. And um, so I'll let you read the book to see what they say, because they comment. But again, I just started tracing this word Thanksgiving in the Bible, this Eucharisto word that, again, grace is the root word of it. And then I, I began to see that Jesus used it before a lot of miracles. And one of those particular miracles is before he raised Lazarus from the dead. Oh, yeah. And so he walks up and I, I, it just, it gets me, uh, you know, people ask me what my favorite scripture is. And I always say John eleven thirty five. it says Jesus wept. And it's like, it's the shortest <laughs> one, but it means something to me because in his humanity, uh, the Bible says he wept. And just as I did some research, you know, um, loss can be very traumatic. And their studies have found that even, you know, losing someone can be uh, and cause trauma. Even just the emotional uh, extent that it has in your body could be like a physical injury. I mean, it, it's, it's a yeah. huge deal. Wow. And so Jesus is there and he's crying. And in the research, we found that, um, you know, uh, th these researchers and these doctors that we talked to said that grief mimics physical trauma. And there's about 44 different toxins that get dumped into your body when there's a loss. It's trauma. But grief tears, um, grief tears actually have a different chemical makeup than regular tears. But I thought, you know, okay, but then this is what Jesus is doing. He's actually weeping. But in that moment of loss, because he lost a friend, and even the people said, oh, how he loved Lazarus. Like he, he loved Lazarus. And so you may be experiencing loss. Uh, and it doesn't always have, it doesn't always have to be, you know, a loss of a person. Some, sometimes a lot of us have maybe have gone through a divorce or different things like that where yeah. you've experienced loss, but in the mo in the middle of all that, Jesus turns, the Bible says that he lifted up his eyes to his father and he said, father, I thank you. That word, you caristo, I thank you that you hear me. And uh, so basically right in that moment, he's speaking the word grace. And that really hit me because Jesus, right in the middle of grief, yeah. again, comes back to grace. And he's focusing on and he turns his face towards heaven. And he was thankful for his relationship with his father. Mm -hmm. And so what you focus on is so important. And let me just say this. Grieving is a natural process. We actually outline, um, you know, the different stages of grief and, and it's really, really helpful. But what Jesus did is he spoke grace in his time of grief and he focused on what he had. What did he have? Who was in his life? Well, obviously it was his father, God. And refocusing that doesn't mean that you diminish or you disrespect the person that's lost. But what it does is it focuses on the grace and the opportunities and the times that you did have that were incredibly great. And so one of the things that we say 
yeah, in the book is that gratitude gives us the opportunity to look for something to celebrate. Yeah. And so, I mean, we could sit here, uh, Katie and I, and, you know, we, we did have some, you know, challenging, challenging times. Uh, and there's more about the personal story with my father and, and different things in the book. But um, the, the, the truth is we could probably write out, you know, a thousand things that were negative and maybe only whatever, a hundred that were positive where you put your mind, I'm going to put my mind on the grace of God of those hundred things that were done right. And those hundred things that I remember. And so when Jesus did that, he began to focus on God's grace. And then I thought it was interesting because then he turns to some of the people there in John 11, 25. And Jesus said to, I believe it was Martha. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And so what Jesus was saying is that I'm the source of life. You may have lost this person, but they're not the source of life to you. I am. And I think so many times in our grief, the focus is on the loss where we forget that we have the very source of life that is with us. His Holy Spirit is comforting us. And that I can be grateful for. And when we shift our focus and we look back and we start to think, you know, I love this time with this person, you actually begin to celebrate and it changes that whole loss uh, emotion into actually joy where you're like, oh, I remember. And then, then when we go to different places, you know, that they, we would go to with them, we would say, this is something that they would enjoy. And it's just, it, it helps in the healing process. Yes. And, uh, you know, I would just say this, you know, if you are grieving today, uh, you know, give yourself grace. God's given it to you. Sometimes I think we can even be angry with ourselves because we're feeling a certain way, you know, like I shouldn't be feeling this way. But at the end of the day, you got to give yourself grace. Let the grieving process happen. We define in the book, you know, when it's time to maybe really talk to somebody uh, because life will go on. The sun will come up again, you know, and so we will move on. But just remember who the source of your life is. But I I love that line that says gratitude gives us the opportunity to look for something to celebrate. So, you know, when I think, whenever I think of my dad, I always think of the times we laughed. I think it's some of the funny things he would say. And I find myself celebrating opposed to just be stuck in loss the whole time. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes in the whole book is comes from this chapter where you say, it's important to have gratitude fill the gap between what you are currently feeling and the joy you want to experience. And that is such a great picture to me. And um, let gratitude um, fill that gap and and find things to be thankful for. And it's almost immediately that your perspective changes. And um, yeah, man, that is so good. And that's just a little snippet of what's in that chapter. and it, yeah, I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate it, Phil. Thank you. That was so powerful. And yeah. Well, you know, uh, we hope that this book helps people. That's why we wrote it. Um, and I just hope that it blesses you at each, at the end of each chapter. You know, there's some questions to just kind of 
really go deeper in your thought process to write some things out. And yeah. I would, I would just encourage you take some time. Like even if you just go through one chapter a week or whatever it is, and just really allow this to help heal you. Uh, because there were many times in writing the book, I had to stop and I just kind of like cried because as I began to think about all the good things that have happened in my life, and, yeah. but it, it was just those moments of picking up a pen and going like, I'm going to be intentional about this moment right now. And I'm going to think about like, wow, you know, my fifth grade teacher, I remember when he talked to me about this and I didn't want to hear it. It's like, that's what gratitude does. Gratitude always stops and you're recognizing the grace of God. Yeah. And I was thinking about, wow, the grace of God was in operation even when I didn't care about it, when I was mm -hmm. thinking about it. And I, I'm so grateful for that. But I hope that you would really just take it serious for your own sake to help heal you. Um, and, you know, maybe if this book helps you, give it as a gift to somebody else. Demonstrate your gratitude by filling out the dedication page and giving it to somebody. Show somebody you know, this week that you care. And here's the cool thing I want to leave you with. When gratitude is so powerful, it's like, it's like a boomerang, right? You know, when you, when you throw it and you give it to somebody else, it impacts them, Yeah. but it also impacts you sometimes more mm -hmm. than it does them yep. because, you know, you can't bless somebody without being blessed yourself. And just even the spiritual, you know, aspects of how it can initiate miracles in your own life but just the mental and physical effects that gratitude yeah. has, it's just outstanding. And again, it all points back to Jesus and how great he is in our life. And he wants us to respond. Yes. Um, why don't you, can you pray? Sometimes at the end of our episode, we pray a prayer for the listener. Um, and so do you mind closing out and just a word of prayer? Sure. Thanks. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that for your grace. You know, uh, it wasn't our idea. It was all yours, that you care about us. You are our Father. You, you look at us as your children. And uh, Lord, as we so many times focus on what we're not, what we've lost, our mistakes, our failures, your grace is sufficient for us. And no matter what we've done, no matter how many times we've done it, Lord, we need to receive your grace by faith. That's how we're saved, is through grace by faith. And our faith is a response to your goodness. And your goodness causes us to repent and change our mind about things. And so, Lord, I pray that your, your grace would just shed abroad in our hearts. That whatever is keeping us stuck, whether it's unforgiveness, whether it's focusing on the loss and not focusing on you, Father, that you would open up revelation to uh, who you are to us, that we would experience an tangible joy, Father God, strength imparted. And Lord, I thank you uh, for healing people by your grace, Lord. We respond to your healing power, healing hearts, Lord, that have been hurt, hearts that are broken right now, Father, and do what only you can do. Lord, we'll do what we do, but you will do what we can't do yeah. in our lives. And so, Lord, we just respond to that. And we say thank you for all of your goodness in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Phil, I want to say thank you for being <laughs> on this episode. Thank you. And share today's broadcast. I hope that it helps some people. And it's always a joy being with you and your family, Katie. And I'm so excited about what's happening with you all and John and your, Woo. your media ministry. And yeah. so God bless you and thank you. Hey, where you're, I mean, I was listening, listening 
you know, I've had your amazing teaching pretty much my whole life. Um, and it has, you're one of my favorite Bible teachers. Um, so talk about your, your, um, how people can listen to, I mean, you're just talking about the book, but you have so much revelation. You're such a great preacher. So how can people watch and or listen? Sure. Well, uh, first off, um, you know, again, just to get the book, the power of thank you, the key to finding joy again, you can go to, um, powerofthankyoubook.com and you can get it there for a discounted rate or you can get it where all books are sold and love to if you have any testimonies you read the book and something blesses you definitely get on instagram and uh, that'll be at power of thank you book on instagram share some testimonies i'm at phil valdez on uh, instagram and and twitter and i'm the pastor of passion life church in merida california so uh, you can like our page uh, on Facebook and then we're on YouTube Passion Life uh, Church Marietta yeah. and um, yeah I'd love to throw one down to preaching the word listen listen to his subscribe and listen and you'll be blessed for sure um, to his word awesome again okay. thanks Katie thank you Man, that is so good. You did awesome. Yeah, thanks so much, Phil, for joining us for the podcast, for sharing what God has put on your heart. And what a timely word for this season. And if you have not picked up The Power of Thank You, you can do that at powerofthankyoubook.com. And you can follow them on Instagram at Power of Thank You Book. Join us next week as Katie and I jump back into uh, the podcast and share a little bit of what is on our heart and until then uh if you want to stay up to date with everything that we have going on go ahead and follow us over on instagram at the mendos or you can go to our website themendos.com so from our family to yours we hope you have an awesome week and we'll catch you next time on (coughs) (laughs) go ahead try it again Intermission with the Mendos. A little crazy. Intermission with the Mendos. Intermission with the Mendos. <laughs> That's good. That'll do. All right, I love you, buddy. Thank love you, you too.